0: Welcome back, Freedom Junkies, to another episode of Freedom Junkie Radio. It is time. It is over time. In fact, things are starting to come flying at me, and we have got to create some solutions. I mean, we've been on it. We've been creating solutions. It is the, the last couple of years have been full of problems and solutions that are coming forward. Today, I'm going to welcome back Govinda Tidball. Govinda, welcome back to Freedom Junkie Radio.
1: It is great to be here, Betsy. And uh, it's also, it's it's a pleasure to have seen how Freedom Junkie Radio has grown. Um, I, I've just very much enjoyed uh, watching your journey and the journey of your audience. And uh, it's a pleasure to be back here. Great to see everybody. Hi, everyone. Hey.
0: So the first time I, first of all, I, you were like my second or third interview. And that was really awesome. I had no idea who you were at the time. Just you had, someone had said, you got to get this guy on. And you were in Sri Lanka the first time yep. I interviewed you. And yep. if people go back and listen to that. We were talking about um, human trafficking mainly because that's mm-hmm. something that you've been um, part of the solution for in the past and you're Many iterations this lifetime, the things that you've come into this lifetime to do, which are phenomenal. And I'm so I'm so like pleased with myself that we came in, that I got to coincide with your life and a lot of people's. There's so many cool people on the planet right now. But what we're going to talk about today is what, what spurred this conversation that needs to happen. There's a lot of things, and they're very important because we're going to be talking about solutions but you just got back from Sri Lanka. You went back and we're going to talk about what you saw there, which basically was after the collapse. That's what's correct. Yeah.
1: So, so we, so there's, yeah, there's a lot of different things we can talk about today, but, but part of this conversation was sometimes people don't realize what's happening all over the world and different countries. And you can learn lessons from what's happening in these other places and not repeat the same, the same problems and the same mistakes that other places make. So <clears throat> one thing that happened in Sri Lanka, and this is a little bit uh, recent history, but people forget that Sri Lanka had that Easter bombing, that uh, attack that took place in the country where simultaneously there was a terrorist attack in a number of hotels and a number of churches. There was a bombing that took place. But what happened was that that bombing, this was pre-COVID nonsense, right? So, but what happened when that took place was the um, that just wrecked the country's economy for that year because a big chunk of that country's economy was based on tourism, and uh, a lot of the aftermath of that that gave them a really bad economic year, and then COVID ended up happening not too long after that. So the the repercussions of financial mistakes corruption, you know, foreign currency, reserves, all those kind of things, it was thrown out of balance a good 12 to 18 months ahead of the rest of the world. Meaning that it's kind of the canary in the coal mine for what can happen in other places a little bit further down. So kind of observing some of these examples are places where you can actually get some insights into some of the things that can happen and take place. So yes, Sri Lanka did have a currency collapse uh, which was an avoidable currency collapse, by the way. These are completely man-made, man-made problems around the world, and uh, people need to know that too. That the sky is not falling at this point. What's happening is systems are breaking that are corrupt and evilly designed, evil-designed systems in the first place. That's what's breaking around the world, not uh, not the fundamental things that 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 we, we require and that we need for our lives. So, so what what's happened is, uh, is over there was because of bad fiscal policy um, and people kicking the can down the road. Eventually what happens is you run out of road. At some point, you will run out of road. And so what happened and took place in Sri Lanka was they ran out of road. And at that stage, um, And this is why, you know, the scriptures are very powerful. The borrower's servant to the lender. I mean, this is just what it says. It's another scripture that says, if you lack the means to pay, your very bad will be snatched out from under you. So these are the kind of things that are now happening there, where the country has basically run the engine without oil. And so now the repercussions of that are, there's very little... Uh, bargaining power, negotiating power, anything that happens it takes place there. You've got global powers now coming in and deciding how they want to divvy up what happens and what takes place in that country. So you've got very large powers globally that are deciding because of the current country's debt situation, they're just carving the place up. And because you have corrupt uh, leaders in positions of power there, they're making decisions that are going to negatively affect this generation and future generations as of right now so if if anybody wants to see what a currency collapse looks like just look at the the currency exchange chart for the sri lankan rupee to the dollar and you'll see it was just like this it was just a straight line straight line straight line and then overnight it just went from here straight like that and then it just trailed off like that going forward so what happened was there was a certain point where the manipulation stopped they could manipulate it no longer. And at that point, then everything broke
0: out. So when we had spoken before, I, I remember you saying that the middle class was basically wiped out.
1: Yeah. So here's here's what happens. So um, and this is also one reason why the debt-based monetary system is very dangerous and very evil. So what ha- the rich always have ways to remain rich. They're, very strong in assets. They have a lot of different options. They have connections to be able to get ahead of what most people end up having to endure, right? The poor have always been on that edge, you know? So they've always been just trying to struggle, trying to survive, work with whatever's there. A lot of them uh, end up becoming victims and and dying during these situations. Nobody talks about those stories but the middle class that's the group that just gets wiped out in these situations and here's why if your savings overnight are worth half not that you the number's still there but the purchasing power the value of that is not there anymore so now you you wake up the next day and what you thought this should have bought this this currency should have bought what you thought this should have bought let me grab my example in us here. Okay. So here's our, our American greenback, right? This is that if this overnight, because what is this? It's just a piece of paper. It's just the trust in this piece of paper in the US. What happens when you wake up tomorrow and this buys half of what it did today? Right? So this is not actually real money. This was a trick. And, um, and most people don't recognize that this, how this trick worked on in America and and where the people themselves are potentially in a big problem because of their participation in an evil system. And so it's the the understanding of what, what we're dealing with and then how to get ourselves out of that. So part of the issue is our consent, right? We consent to certain things and by our consent and our participation, we either benefit from or are victims of whatever system that we participate in. Now, what's happened in that country over there is that people were participating. Right now, even today, most people do not understand money. They do not understand the difference between currency and money, real money and currency. Real money will have, is a long-term store of value. Real money has, there, there is something that is backing that. Fiat currency, all fiat currencies historically go to zero. They always do. That's just what happens. So, you know, there's a life cycle of money, period. So when when these things fall apart, what happens is, is that the powers that be will try to force the people to stay in that system while they themselves extract whatever value remains and while they themselves take care of their own, but they leave the, the general public, the general humanity holding the back, right? I, and so- yeah. I,
0: I've been hearing that this is the this we are at the end of a cycle. That there's no, the um. Can we do something to to keep this inevitable end from arriving? And the answer is no, not at this point. Like you said, they've we've been running the car without oil for way too long, and so,
1: if you don't like the way that things are, change them, and be part of the involvement in that change. See what's what's happening right now. This is this is why people are. There, there, you, if you're watching mainstream news, which in and of itself is, is a mouthpiece and a propaganda outlet for those that have, that have bought the shares and the equity of to control the voice of those, those outlets, right? So you're listening to a panic set of people trying to control a narrative and a certain perception around what happens and takes place. Rather than that, if you were to start seeing, okay, say there's going to be some sort of issue, some sort of disruptions, their systems are going to fail and break anyways. The only thing they're doing right now is trying to keep the dollar afloat long enough to push through CBDCs, which is the worst idea.
0: And I want to talk about that. Um, okay. Yeah.
1: So, so in, in this regard, every system that we need, so, so basic systems, right? Food, water, clothing, shelter, medical. Then we need transportation, logistics, communications, real money, real real exchange, not slave money, slave system money, which incidentally, the US dollar is the number one slavery tool in the world. And I can back that up in a number of different ways to explain how that is and how that works. That, even though we're
0: and, going to be telling people to use cash.
1: Well, it, even because why? As an interim step. I'm talking about interim steps. See, the longer that you've had a problem or an issue, It's going to take you a little bit longer to get out of it. You have to start thinking in proactive, progressive steps to get out. So so is cash better than going digital? Yes. But is cash a solution? No. You know, we have to have real exchange, real money backed with intrinsic value. That should be the way that any sane operating society works and functions. The reason that many um, of the those that are responsible for, quote, unquote, the government of our societies don't like that is because it does put constraints on them. If you have to deal with real money, now you have constraints because you can't just print it. And and you can't just kick that down the road for us to have to deal with in this time. If we, the people, start finding our own ways to exchange value, now whatever that is, if we have ways that we exchange value that's based on, I don't want to recreate the, the problem. I don't want to recreate what we just came out of. We don't want, hey, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. We don't want to recreate the same slavery system. And that's why there's a lot of people coming up right now with their solutions. And I'm not impressed because they're basically trying to offer, here's another swap into the same thing. And it's another slavery system. No, you know, it's, It's the the FTXs of the world. No, we need to be saying no to those things. We need to have some some solid people with integrity that are standing up with answers and solutions and bringing those things forward. And people need to be doing their part to support back and build those up. In every place where we know that there's going to be a problem or there is a problem, we need to be bringing forward our solutions, our answers. Here's something to remember. Where do the governments of the world get the resources that they get to use to govern and to uh, do everything that they do? Where do they come from?
0: Through theft from the people.
1: They come and through, from the people. Whether it's by our consent or through theft, doesn't matter. It still comes from the people. Everything that governments of the world have and are able to use comes from we, the people.
0: Right That's people it. think oh I'm getting it from the government it's like no you're not you're getting it out of my pocket or your other you're, neighbor's pocket you're
1: getting it from yourself or from from some other shell game but it's still coming from we the people governments create nothing they create nothing this is something people have to get they create nothing and so when you know they that they take create
0: a nothing, lot. and they, they, spend they a
1: lot their responsibility is to is to properly manage the resources that are entrusted to them by the people for the benefit of the all, right? So they always talk about roads and bridges, but they never talk about where the actual money's going. A lot of what is happening in America right now is under the presumption of implied consent. Because the people say nothing, because they remain silent, because they go along to get along, The assumption is that you are okay with all of it. And they will keep going until we, the people, deliberately, overtly remove our consent and say no. And we have to do that in every area that we do not agree. And everybody else needs to, you know, one of the the issues around the shots, the injections, was that you had so many people around the world in their life that never wanted to make a decision. They always wanted somebody else to do the fighting for them, somebody else to solve everything for them. And this became an issue where every person was forced to make a decision of where they stood on an issue. And a lot of people weren't used to that. And so what did they do? They gave away their their thought, their logic, their process to um, quote unquote, experts and today what's happened as a result of that these weren't experts these were were bought and paid for um you know they, they were not experts obviously because the true experts were silenced those voices were put to the side they were everybody they knew what was going
0: on you know, I think this a lot of this stems from our education system and how, We as parents and this next generation of parents, we have got to start allowing our children to make mistakes and to learn from them and to learn to make their own decisions. We've, um, I know up until a certain, uh, you know, until you're four or five years old, all your decisions are made for you. That's totally important. You know, not, not all of them. In fact, the younger you can let them start choosing which pair of shoes they want to put on or making decisions that. They have to live with the consequences if they put on sandals and they start getting rocks in their sandals because you're going hiking or whatever, you know, just let them fail. And it's hard to do as a parent to watch your child about to make a giant mess and you want to jump in. It's like, you know, let it happen. This is so important. And then we go to school. Hopefully people aren't sending their children to school more and more and more. I know that that's happening, but you send them to school and you have to sit in your desk and be good and be on time and learn how to submit and learn how to jump through hoops and to do as you're told. And then you get patted on the back with a good grade and, um, We have been so conditioned as a society to, to not make decisions unless it's the same decision everyone else is making. We want to fit in in school. Everyone wants to fit in, you know, we homeschool our kids and they don't have a clue about fitting in. It's kind of funny, Uh, but I love it. They're, they're very uh, authentic and, and, and unique individuals, which I love seeing in the world. And, you know, something else while I'm spieling here that I want to jump in and say that people can do. You you said that if someone's watching this show or they're listening, that they're already to a place where they're uh, to a consciousness level of, of a certain level. And I agree with you because yeah. anyone who's having too much cognitive dissonance about what we're talking about will have shut it down already. They won't you know be listening this far. But one of the things you have to do and I think you were touching on this somehow is is completely let go of the fear of death. What, if you're afraid of dying, then there's nothing then you're going to go into that defensive self-defense mechanism where you were going to talk about that too. Um if you're in self-preservation mode, you're going to fail. You were saying that to me. Uh you have to be beyond this we you have to be like, you know what? I am good. I, I, life has been, maybe it's been wonderful. Maybe it hasn't. It's been a learning experience. It's been beautiful. There's been beautiful moments. There's been love, whatever it is that I'm here to do. There's no guarantees anyway. You know, a lot of my favorite people died by the time they were 30 or 33 or 35. I'm well beyond that. You know, every day I get is such a gift. And so I'm going into this, headlong for humanity for my my children my grandchildren for all of humanity for everyone's grandchildren i love human beings we're freaking amazing and um so i you know once you get once you get over the fear of death then you really can be fearless in general i think so i just wanted to throw that out there and then let you go 100%
1: agree with you because actually too if you think okay so school system wise logic reasoning understanding the ability to process information and to make a decision about what you just read or saw or viewed right those are the kind of things that will serve you throughout life your ability just to to repeat information back like a parent that doesn't do anything right so our ability to 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 process to learn to 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 actually have, this is why an informed debate is important. We should have been able to, over these last years, put out different viewpoints, fight it out, argue it out, you know, say why you think what you think, come back on it, you know, think about it, think about it overnight, go shake hands with each other afterwards, give each other a hug and carry on. Like this, this should be a healthy dialogue. It it helps people to actually know what they believe and why they believe. These safe spaces of our ideas and shutting down, that that doesn't work. It doesn't work for for making strong individuals and strong people that, that, can, that can actually birth things in this world.
0: Well, and, and the way that they've been um, shuffling people in social media, I don't participate in the Facebook or Instagram or any of that. Um, but I, I understand that if you are of a certain persuasion, that's all they put in your feed so you're they're shutting down the other side completely so we're having two entirely different conversations and they don't meet
1: well and and absolutely and and that's part of actually that's part of one of the failures of even the design of these ai systems every parent that vaccinates their child does it because they love their child and they want to protect their child every parent that does not vaccinate their child does not vaccinate their child because they love their child and they want to protect their child it's every one of them is still coming from the same exact place the difference is the information that they're working with to make that decision that so is this
0: sound govinda we're all the same you know there's yeah. that, that meme we're not the same we are the same
1: so now what we need to be looking at is solutions because we have a, we have a hurt world we have a hurt population we've got a lot of people that are damaged right now and we need to be having an open conversation about that and what can we all do collectively to buy some time and, if possible, heal as much as we can. So those are the kind of places, because anything past that is not going to help. Yes, we need adjudication. Absolutely. We, we we need a functional justice system in this country, which we do not have, and very clearly. We do not have uh, discovery happening. We do not have... Um, a functional judiciary that can actually follow up on these, these things. And that's part of the frustration. When evil is allowed to continue to perpetuate, it will just continue to happen again and again and again.
0: Okay. I want to shift into the digital IDs and digital currency, because this seems to be the hot button pocket topic. Everyone's talking about. Uh, they're, they're really, it feels like they're ushering in agenda 2030, which is, I mean, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know about UN Agenda 2030, we've been talking, it's been on the books now since the 1990s, I believe, maybe even the 80s. And it is where you will own nothing and be happy. They, If you look at the map of the United States, uh, the Agenda 21, Agenda 2030 um, map of the United States, have you seen that?
1: I, I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of different stuff.
0: there's a literal UN map of the United States where, when Agenda 2030 is complete, this is what it looks like, and 90 percent of the United States is off limits to humans, except for them, of course. They'll be able to go, but if we will be pushed into these little tiny, and it's because of climate, whatever, and so, um, the way to really effectively usher in all of the the just for lack of better term bullshit that they're trying to push on humanity is to give us a digital id that we have to have like no more just driver's license which that's you know questionable too why do we have to participate but In order to get online, in order to use your email, in order to have a bank account, in order to go to the grocery store, in order to buy gasoline, in order to do anything at all, you will have to have this digital ID, which combines everything about you, your health records, your banking records, your voting records, probably, everything you've ever said online. Uh, It'll be a way to crack down on dissent completely. They're doing it in China. We can look and see. What's what the people are dealing with over there, which is absolutely heartbreaking, this idea of liberty and freedom, if it blossoms in your heart, which I believe it blossoms in every human heart. It's like when you feel sorry for um, a caged animal at the zoo, look in the mirror, that's where we are right now and it's getting worse and so if this digital id and its little um cousin the the central bank digital currencies get implemented which they're pushing and they're uh it's already being started in places in europe they've already voted on it and agreed that they're going to start these digital ids which will have your vaccine passport it's all the same thing you won't be able to travel you they'll be able to crack down on everything and so what uh, there's this whole idea of 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 exit the system and start something new and people are doing that Uh, you can homestead, you can go try to just grow your own food and everything, but the plan is to sweep everybody up and put them into these 15 minute cities. So,
1: yeah. So, so, so one, so one, okay. There's a, there's a lot to unpack there, right? Um, first of all, it's not just a push. It's a panicked push to try to get this whole thing through. And there's a difference. You know they they're not um, they're not very good at contingencies. You know they don't know what to do when things don't quite go according to plan. And a lot of things have not gone according to these globalist plans. Um, Davos was a laughingstock. You know everybody it was it was a complete mess. It was a complete uh, you know it was just the the entire conversation there was about all of these crises. These guys wouldn't know a solution if it if if an actual solution. They've got things that they're trying to bring in and trying to build and trying to push. The entire, but it's so far detached from what's actually possible and what actually can work for us and for the people. The the computers can be a tremendous aid to humanity, provided that humanity and who we are as humans is respected. But if it's used as an enslavement tool, absolutely off. And so, what what these controllers are trying to do, these these um, which they're losing this battle actually, is they're they're trying to push through this agenda for the sake of control. It's all about control. It's all about a <clears throat> a a plan that they have that they're trying to get ramrodded through. They they and if the people themselves wake up and don't participate. And that participation can just be in subtle areas. Sometimes it can be an overt. Doesn't mean you have to get everything right. It just means that you do a few things right. So, for example, um, you know, I love one of your guests, Jim Gale. Uh, he and I have become quite, quite good friends. And um, you know what he's doing with the uh, uh, um, Freedom Farm Academy and teaching people to grow and the permaculture movement. It's very powerful. Why? Because uh, I mean, even right now, I have spinach growing just outside my front door. I walk out there, every day I have a salad. I don't even think twice about it. It just grows right there. Now, <clears throat> took a little while to get that going. I, you know, developing my green thumb doesn't mean I'm going to know what I'm doing first time out, but you know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to fail. Uh, I'm going to try again. And then the third or fourth time, hey, I got something sort of figured out. It works. Here's the thing. start. Start, start, start. Do something in line with what you truly believe. Don't sit there like a deer in the headlights. So in every place that these guys are trying to get control, part of what they're doing is trying to get control via what I call choke points, right? So think about this. In terms of If you're all spread out all over the place and people are homesteading and having ranches and farms and enjoying themselves and enjoy, no, they can't control you. They need you in a centralized location where they can lock people down, right? And everything electrified. But when people are spread out and they're all over the place, they they have difficulty with that. So um, right now we're coming to a place where informationally we can do what we're doing right now. You can be anywhere in the world and have a conversation. So we don't need to be in these racked and stacked cities. We have no need for it. We have we, but we're tough to control if we're further around. It, it it's it, so there there is an agenda that they have that they're trying to push. But at the same time, the reasoning for it. We can break through that. If anything is, if you actually look at the actual reasons around the conversations that they have, they're always one-sided. They they remove the the debate because they can't win the debate. um The CBDCs, as you mentioned, it's a horrible idea, and on several levels. Why? It's everything wrong with fiat, and everything wrong with crypto. Right. Both of them. It's, and and nobody
0: wants it. Okay. But, but so yes. when. But here's, here's what I think they're going to do when the, the, uh, The lid's going to get blown off the inflation. They've even talked about having a weekend where, oh, the banks close. And then Monday morning, they're not open. And basically, it's the collapse of the currency, a a purposeful one, because it's going to happen anyway. So they collapse it. And then when they have to suddenly they have a a panicked population who has no access to their money or anything. And they go, "Okay." so it's kind of the Hegelian dialectic, create the problem and, and offer the solution only one solution and here it is okay about a week later sorry about that we are reopening your bank accounts and now it's called CBDCs. that's just what it's called your money's still there you can go use it you can't get it out physically there's no more dollars we've gone cashless we warned you of this and it's happened now that's What I think is going to happen, I don't think we have a choice in the matter, unless we start talking about it so much that I'm trying to figure out how we cannot participate, even when that's the case.
1: Okay, so so right now, keep using cash. Um, Force people to take cash if they don't if you can't buy from a place with cash find a place that will take your cash, because you know right now they're bribing restaurants. To convert over to cashless, they're they're driving businesses.
0: Yes. Uh, Visa just offered for those of you who don't know, Visa this past week I think offered ten thousand dollars to small businesses, just cash, no questions asked. If you'll go cashless, you get ten thousand dollars to go cashless. Which and, is and cash which- is a pain in the butt, really. When you think about it, it can be stolen by workers. It has to be accounted for. People can make the wrong change. I I, I see.
1: There's a, there's an appeal, but also. They're, you know, visa and all these groups that are doing that, every time you make a transaction now for the rest of your life, you will, they will get whatever that, if it's two and a half, if it's three percent, whatever that merchant commission is, to do nothing other than just absorb that from you.
0: Even though they're going to try to ram through these CBDCs and the digital ID, um, up until that point, using cash is so important. If we could keep cash alive, um, then they can't take it away from us. Because if 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 a certain percentage of the population is like, you know, this is what I do, this is what I, I use cash, the merchants are going to keep taking it. And so um, it's hard to do because if you spend $500 a week or you spend $1,000 a week or whatever it is you spend, or you spend $100 a week, uh, you know, whatever it is. It's hard, first of all, to look at that in the face and and say, oh, my gosh, this is what I spend when it comes to groceries, stopping and getting gas, all the little Mm -hmm. things we do, and then go and get that out in the form of cash and actually do it. I've tried to do it. I've been following Catherine Austin Fitz and doing the the Cash Fridays. I've tried to use cash only. And I go Mm -hmm. get $300 worth of groceries and whip out $300 of cash. I mean, that's going to the bank a lot. And um, and it and you feel that many, and it's so much easier sometimes to just be like, I'm gonna use my card, right? So it it takes dedication on our part to do it. And then the other thing is there are I went through a car wash the other day. My car was just so dirty. We had gone to Colorado and it was a mess. And it says we're about to become cashless. And I'm like, that's my favorite car wash. They do a great job. I love the kids that run the place, but I need to personally go have a talk with that. Owner of the business,
1: and, and and that's the thing. If you do that, okay. So let's let's make this tangible for people. You don't have to do it on every transaction. If you have a friend doing it on half the transactions, if you and a friend do it on half of your transactions, that's a full person, right? It's the, it's not that we do it on everything and we get everything right all the time. The more people, many hands lighten the load. If 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 you if if 20% of the customer base of any business said, you know what, I don't think I'm gonna come here if you don't take cash, just twenty percent. That business is not gonna change over. They don't need a hundred percent of the people to say, I'm not gonna come through. Why? 20% is the difference between them being profitable and a loss-making company. You're right. Here's the thing. I I am less now about Oh, we need to, everybody needs to know, everybody needs to wake up. No, we don't. We talked about the American Revolution. Remember, recently we had a chat about that. And I was just, I was finally doing a little bit of pleasure reading, and I started reading a book uh, that was gifted to me on the American Revolution. is fascinating book on the history. But one thing was just how few people actually were involved in what took place to make this nation what it was and fought for the independence of this nation. It wasn't that many. You're living in the aftermath of of the decisions that other people are making, whether it's the globalists and the bankers and the cartels and those guys, or whether it's the people that are fighting for your freedom, either you can sit on the sidelines and say, you know what, whatever, my destiny is in the hands of everybody else out there, or you can go and make your destiny.
0: Man, there are we are amazing. Human beings are just amazing. We're reading Texas history, my family and I in the in our homeschool. And we just got through the whole, the, the good part where there's the Alamo and the, where they get just crushed. And but they stood. The people yes. who stood were such badasses i mean yes. talk about this this inner will and strength and knowing that they were probably going to their graves and then the way sam houston was able to hold back and hold back and hold back before uh the battle of san jacinto where they ended up crushing the mexican army just the same way they got crushed it at the alamo themselves and um it just this there is an indomitable spirit In I guess it's 6% of us that. That's the thing.
1: It's, it's not. And, and when you start to realize that, you know what, it's actually a very small group. That's that Margaret Mead statement. It's, it's, it's a small group of people, but they're committed. Those are the ones that change the world. It's always the ones that change.
0: Well, and can you live with yourself? If you're one of those people who can just sit aside, sit beside on the sidelines and say, okay, well, if it turns into a global agenda and we end up in 15 minute cities, you know, that's just how it's going to go. If you're one of those people, I don't know how you can live with yourself. i I couldn't. I couldn't live with you. couldn't live with myself. You know, I have to know that I've done something. and And it's hard, too, when you're on the front lines, like we are doing stuff. and I want to talk about some of the stuff that's going on because I want to give people some hope because there is stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. and a and a lot of it's kind of on the sidelines and behind the scenes right now because you don't want to telegraph and all that. But, um, oh, I forgot where I was going with that. Something about just, uh, oh, how no one's on the front lines forever. It's okay to take a break. It's okay mm-hmm. to take a breather. I took a big break from freedom junkie radio. I just needed to, I needed to live and to plant my garden and to put homeschool first. And um, I, I love the the community that this has brought together of the minds that are coming together mm-hmm. with uh, the freedom junkie community. Um, and the freedom community around here, the people that are coming out of the woodwork, and um, but it's okay to take a break, like you said. If, if you're spending cash half the time in someone else's, yeah, we all have to. And then there's this whole idea that we are creating everything with our our thoughts, and so knowing that we're on the right side. I mean, those guys at the Alamo there was no right or wrong side. It was just whether you wanted Texas freedom or whether you wanted Mexico to continue to pretty much own Texas. I mean, there really wasn't a right or wrong side there. I guess that you could say the same thing for the um, the American Revolution. It's not that there was a right or wrong side. There was, everybody thinks they're on the right side. But mm-hmm. um, you you just can't, oh, oh, this idea that we're creating everything with the way that we're thinking. And if we're constantly thinking doom and gloom, then that's what we're creating. This is a hard one for me. And I know you get it because I know you understand what I'm talking about. Um, there's a whole group of people that say it's already been one. We're creating the new earth. And by even participating and thinking about that stuff and having boots on the ground, when it comes to creating a new banking system or creating a new medical system, to me, that is creating the new earth. So I try to have a, a foot in both worlds and it's mm-hmm. hard. Um, you can't, I, I, I can't go completely into the spiritual side where I'm in a, in a state of meditation and la, 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 this, you know, I'm creating this. I, I can't do that. And I can't go 100% into the 3d um full armor. I'm here. I'm doing this. I have to be in both worlds. And it's, it's.
1: No, I, and I I think that's, that's a good, that's a good position. That's a balanced position. So that's back to that statement. I say, uh, be aware, but not distracted. It's kind of my ratio. There's like 10 and 90, you know, I've put 10% just to kind of stay aware of what's going on, but I put 90% of my energy into the actual actions. Either you deal with this upstream, or you will deal with it downstream. Either you you get into what needs to be done today. A lot of people should have gotten into what needed to be done two years ago, three years ago in this country. But you know, better late than never, start today. But if you get involved today in what needs to happen and take place, because the further down that you go, the more that you let this metastasize, the worse it's going to be and the less you will be able to do about it further downfield. So you know, with regards to things like CBDCs and the rest of those those areas, if people have ways that they transact even in and among themselves that they build, that they set up, then you won't need those systems. This is why the globalists don't want people holding land and having land because mm. they want you racked and stacked in a place. Why? Because if you hold land, what can you do? You can grow something on that land.
0: Well, there's it only three you- things that have value. Uh, your, your precious metals, land, and food.
1: So you said it. So, those, so if you're going to start getting rid of some of your um, fiat, you might want to exchange it into one of those three things that Betsy just said. That's a good step right now in the interim time for small things that people can do while that fiat still has some perceived value. See, one of the reasons why they're increasing the interest rates and even at the expense of even collapsing their friends in the banks is because they're doing everything they can to get people to hold on to the dollar right now until they do the switch over to CBDCs. If you are out of the dollar, or if you're getting out of the dollar, or if you're divesting partially from the dollar into other things that have real value, you will give yourself staying power, you'll give yourself time. And that's what you're going to need to bridge between these failed things. See, here's the thing, when they bring out a program, there's also a limited amount of time that they can get that program out there. If it doesn't work, their thing fails. So for example, with CBDCs, how long do you think they can keep the marketing efforts for that going and the push to get that going and people to switch over if they don't do it? You know, the whole vaccine, the, I don't, it's not a vaccine, COVID-19 experimental gene therapy injections. That whole thing is drying up now very, very quickly. That whole, that whole, because there's only so long they could sustain it and keep it going. And now the people that didn't get those injections are the people that they don't want around. If they don't get enough people to take up these systems, they will fail. Their rollouts will fail. How long can they hold out? How long can a restaurant that only takes cash have a restaurant, oh, I'm sorry, only takes digital currency, does not take cash? How long can they stay in existence if people coming there, even a big chunk of them, wants to pay with cash, and they, are they going to turn them away and they've got empty tables? That's not going to last for a long time. See, Betsy, if, if, if it was not 6.5%, if we had 13%, if we had 20%, if we had 25%, the more many hands lighten the load, the more people that got in, get involved, the easier it is going to be to get this done. If more Wait. people got involved earlier, it would have been easier.
0: I think part of what we can do right now when people are looking for what can I do is start having these conversations. I went into a little herb shop here in Dripping Springs the other day, and it was the owner in there. And I was telling her how much I loved the shop and how amazing it was. And she said, "It's we've been here 11 years. And I was saying how amazing that was that they've been able to, to have the staying power. And I paid with cash. I just bought a couple little things, paid with cash. She took it. And it was the next day I was thinking about it. And I thought I should have thanked her for taking cash and that I will continue to come and support her because she's taking cash. And so it's um, having conversations whenever we can, because we tend to be around the same people. They say, you're Mm -hmm. the, you're the, you are, if you want a definition of yourself, look at the five people you hang around with the most. Mm -hmm. And uh, we tend to hang around the same people all the time. And whenever you are having a conversation um, you know, in the waiting room at the doctor's office with some random person, I don't know how we can, we should come up with a few ways of of bringing up, uh, you know, what do you think about, uh, you know, just randomly saying to a stranger, uh, what do you think about digital currency versus cash? Just ask mm-hmm. them a question, right? And see what they say, get them thinking. You know,
1: and sometimes asking questions and a lot of times Helping people to reframe how they think about certain things. So, for example, you know, everybody that buys a Tesla doesn't think that they're supporting slavery, you know, until they watch a video of all these 15,000, you know, kids sitting out there mining cobalt in the hot sun. Um, And then they realize that's what goes into making one battery. So it's just.
0: And they use the, uh, they use. Um, fossil fuels or so to speak uh, in order to um, charge these batteries we use a lot of fossil fuels
1: and then, when, and when the battery spent after their 8 year warranty is done uh, 10 years in first of all it goes down in, in how much it, you're able to even charge it so you're charging more and it's burning it up quicker your range gets less and then when you're actually done with it where does that battery go it, to, it needs to be disposed of so now you've got a toxic waste issue so, you know, anytime that you have an electric vehicle issue, you've got a uh, market, you also have a, a battery market and you a disposal market, you've got a whole nother set of issues. Is there, are there green energy, quote unquote, green energy solutions? Absolutely there are, but not the ones these globalists are trying to bring forward, not the conversations they are trying to bring forward. So, you know, somebody that again, is trying to buy an electric vehicle because they think they're helping they if that, that's back to the whole thing of where are they coming from they're actually they think that they're doing the right thing but you're participating actually part of the problem and this is where if people can get that by some of the questions so so the question could you know it's like you know have you do you know how many how much of that car is created by slave labor i mean we talked about blood diamonds why not talk about uh, blood batteries the the situation in this world right now, in where we are, the, the agenda that they're pushing is a nonsensical agenda, but it has much more to do with control and much less to do with the environment. Uh Betsy, you were you've been you've been petitioning around the um the chemtrailing in the sky. If anybody is concerned about emissions, please look up into your skies because you know what? The day. Everybody's talking about this balloon from China, right? The day after the ice storm in Texas, I look up and I sent this video to a couple of friends. I look up in the sky and here comes one plane. You could see when they turned turned it on to start spraying and then they sprayed right over the top of the city of Austin because I was downtown in a park. And I'm looking up and I'm watching them spray overhead. So they go straight across the city, and in ten minutes, this whole thing dissipates out, and then it's just coming down to settle right on top of the city.
0: Because if you hold out a, a you know, that's the the libertarian and me. The if if yeah. you hold out a shingle that says healer, and you suck at it. Well, now we've even got reviews online. Used to it, just was your reputation. <laughs> Nobody's going to go to you if you're the guy who saws off the wrong leg. We don't have to, you know that that takes care of itself. If you're awesome, I don't care yes. if you have a license or not. If you're healing people, if people go in, see you a few times, and they come back and they've got their diabetes under control or they've got their their cancer went away, pe- your people are going to go see you. I don't think you need a license.
1: Hundred percent. And so, and but we what we do need to do is protect the true healers that are out there that so that they can do that. But yes, we're being bombarded by all kinds of things around us. We can deal with each and every one of these things step-by-step, step. systematically. We can actually address this. We can have a nation that is for and by the people. Our place of what we're doing is working on one piece of this, while others that we know are working on other parts. We're working on one piece of this, and this is around the private domain health and health systems as a vessel that supports um, what many people out there are doing and creating. So we're we're putting together the infrastructure and also the, the ways and means for a lot of the stuff to go out and to get far and wide.
0: And the way that doctors get paid now is by you coming in for a visit and then them prescribing you drugs and the the kickbacks they get from the drug companies. And this is a totally different way where the doctors are going to be getting paid a nice handsome sum, perhaps more than they make already right now. And their incentive then is for none of the people in their pool of, of patients to Come in at all if they can keep all of us 100% healthy by teaching us about nutrition and exercise and sunlight and clean water and getting off of pharmaceuticals. They can teach us all these things to keep us from being toxic, teach us to uh, cleanse ourselves from parasites and whatever. Um, then we don't go to the doctor and they just get a long, really lovely paid vacation. That's the ultimate, th- that's their incentive is to keep this, us. This from
1: this will be in stages, but yeah, we can get to the point where the incentives for the doctors and the healers is going to be for the health of their people. But how that works is, is we have to change what the incentives and the incentive structures are in the first place. So even when you, you mentioned the insurance models and the cost of many of these interventions, um, first of all, a lot of things that are done are not necessary for the people. Then uh, the cost of these things are also extremely bloated because of all these other um, non-value-added actors that are engaged in the process to extract value from this incident, So just those few things alone, you start removing this bloat, this excess, this waste, these parasitical forces from a system, and then you start saying what actually needs to be there. It gets extremely streamlined and extremely exciting about what's possible. So it's a lot of work. Um, There's some there's some great people that are connecting with this conversation right now, so yeah, you know it's it's a it's it's a big it's it's a it's an extremely big elephant in the room, but um, this is one thing that that um, and I and I hope there's other projects that are out there. I hope everybody has great success with what they're doing, but we're looking at something that can work for this entire country. So
0: that's on that medical side. So if you're listening to this. If you can, you know, somebody needs to create a mint and start creating little tiny silver coins that we can all start using as an alternative currency. Somebody mm-hmm. needs to open alternative banks where we can put whatever it is, maybe real money, maybe gold and silver into the bank. Um, somebody needs to create alternative uh, education, higher education that uh, that isn't getting money from the government. To, to have certain curriculums involved. Uh, if you can create local little homeschool co-ops and um, even to the smallest thing to growing some food and having a little bit left over for some people in your neighborhood there, you could sit down right now and brainstorm 50 things that you could do to help move humanity forward in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just take a step in one of them that that, that makes you excited.
1: Absolutely. And let me let me point people to a few projects that I'm aware of that are pretty good out there. Uh, the guys from Liberty Dollar Financial Association, those guys, um, they've been doing the silver-backed currency. They're, they're moving forward pretty well. That's something you guys can check out. LDFA.NL is the is the site there. Um, and because they are doing a silver-backed currency and they're setting it up for, and here's the thing too, they learned through, you know, try through some at one point the Secret Service had them on their dial tone and they were an option to ask about them when you're calling in because so many people are calling about, because if you didn't know, Secret Service handles counterfeiting, that's part of what they do. And so um, they were at one stage in the 80s, so many people were calling in and they were having this because they were getting so many calls They just put it as part of the menu. And they said, yes, this is a, this is a private organization. Yes, they issued this, everything's fine. But um, you can't. So this is back to an arcane civil civil uh, after the Civil War piece of legislation. You can trade warehouse receipts. But if you've got an actual uh, denomination number on you, then that's the place where things get a bit sticky. So you can have you can have the physical silver and have the receipts for it kind of like what the U.S. dollar was at one point in time. You can have that, but you you can, and you can have that as a paperbacked asset if you are trading that on a receipt for actual silver held, or you could have a, if you're going to do a digital, any kind of digital transfer, do it with something that's 100% or completely or whatever the ratio is backed. Make sure that that's there and that's in place. They're doing that. If you're talking about food projects, look at uh, food forest abundance, Jim Gale. Great thing to look at those guys and what they're doing there. Um, Energy-wise, I'm waiting for a couple more things to check out, but I know some tremendous things that are happening on the energy front. Do we, the people, support these things when they are coming out, or do we just watch from the sidelines? Do we protect those people that are doing that kind of work, or do we just kind of watch from the sidelines and say, "Um, let's see how they do? You know, that happens way too often. People just watch from the sidelines and say, oh, that person's willing to take a risk. Let's see how they do. You know we should be supporting everybody that's doing anything in this regards from with a with a good heart and a good intention. You know not everybody's going to get things right, but at least they're doing something, right? Um, so I do believe that those are areas where. So in each one of these base level human needs, things that we can if we can get those things solid, and if those are those are areas where. Um, The people themselves are are engaged in that process. We see that things are being built in the right way. Um, We will not be rolled into any one of these globalist agendas. On the contrary, those things will collapse because they don't have the staying power. Those globalist agendas only work if we're in them. Because theirs are parasitical agendas that need us to power them if we don't participate in them they fall apart this is where i think america has more more hope to turn things around here than in other places because here we you know there is especially in texas there's something very heavily ingrained in these people here about freedom right you know like just just that aspect in 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 china the 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 aspect of convenience also the ccp and their lock on the people there people a lot of people were afraid but just as that they don't
0: have the second amendment i can't forget that
1: that's a huge one you know every time that and you get a lot of people that come over from china and the ones that do come into this country there's many of them that will say don't ever give up your guns you know to the people in america never ever ever in america give up your second amendment no matter what they say or how they do it because That has always been a goal to remove it's back to power. Remove the power from the people, right? That is an element of power in the hands of the people. It's it's an outlier. They because even if they try to 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 come in and do certain things, if you have a population that is completely unarmed, they are just get mowed over. But if you have a population that's armed, sure, people people say, Oh, you know, whatever they might say, it is an element of it is a force multiplier in the hands of the people. So I would much, so whether you have an old man in a house and three guys show up at his door, you give him something where that equalizes. And it, if nothing else, it makes people think about going into that guy's house. Same with a woman. Say, if you if you support women's rights, you should support a woman's right to care, period. Like she should be able to, to and, and they should not be trying to take these things away from um, from good, honest, hardworking people that just want to have some ways and means of protecting themselves, and also um, uh, as a, it is part of what keeps governments in line. Sound money keeps governments in line. A, a, uh, an armed population keeps governments in line because they know that they cannot run roughshod over them.
0: And, you know, I've heard that the story they're being told in Europe and probably other places in the world about us is that it's awful to live here. They're told that the United States is horrible, that it's crime ridden, just the our, that we're scared all the time, that it's a thug world out there. And there's plenty of videos from, you know, subway stations and places, you know, where awful things are happening. There's plenty of videos where uh, there are awful things happening in the United States, but that's like, a teeny, teeny, teeny percent. I mean, we, on the whole from, I mean, I've been traveling around. It's a, um, it's a wonderful place to be. And I'm saying that to everyone out in, in the rest of the world. Yes, we're armed and yes, it's safe because we're armed. So.
1: It is. No, I, I would, I would, here's the thing. If you have a problem, right? Well, what do people do? They call um, somebody that's armed, a good guy with a gun. Well, the difference between a good guy with a gun being you know 15 minute response time or 20 minute response time versus 10 seconds you know I would much rather the good guy with the gun be 10 feet away from me
0: right that's what so when when seconds matter the cops are only 20 minutes away yeah
1: well, so this this is well known uh you know it was um oh gosh it, yeah it, it it's this is this is just it's so well known by the people that actually deal with this issue um, and, and actually are on, on aware of how this works and the agendas around, um, around disarming populations. I, you know, the, what's happened and what's taken place in countries like Sri Lanka, well, who's armed in that country? The military is armed, the police are armed, and the police are extremely know. cold. Okay. Um, the, the, the mob. The criminals, they're armed. And the, the militants and the terrorists, they were armed. The general population were just at the mercy of all of these, these groups. You know, when they locked people down in that country during COVID, there were military checkpoints every 500 meters. You could not go anywhere without guys with guns standing there to look at your papers, right? Or to look at your pass or whatever it is. That was a situation when, in that country during covid. Now for what? A fake virus, a globalist agenda trying to inject people all the garbage that now is clear as day for everybody beginning to do an audit of this last 3 years. But these guys were standing there with guns taking away people's vehicles, remanding people, doing all kinds of horrible things because they had that they had that brute force that they could use and used as a bully tactic on the population. In America, never ever dream of giving up your guns. And if you want to as an individual, but don't ask somebody else to do it.
0: Right. Exactly. When you get in
1: trouble, don't ask somebody with a gun to come help you. Yep. So
0: we're gonna have to wind it up, Govinda. I so we're leaving it so hopeful. I, I just this is such a hopeful and helpful uh, discussion that we've had today. And so um I will put everything we've talked about in the show notes. And is there anything that you'd want to leave us with?
1: I I want just to say that there are answers, there are solutions, there are tremendous ways forward. You know, Buckminster Fuller, he said that humanity is going to go oscillate between either going off into oblivion or this incredible solution-based, you know, I just, we're I'm butchering his quote, but it's basically, we're gonna go between one or the other. And we won't know until the end of how it's gonna go. I, from what I'm seeing, and what I see from just even the people in my circles, we're gonna go on the side of this incredible journey for into an incredible experience for humanity. And whoever's with us, that's gonna be the ones that experience that. I would welcome anybody listening to this, to be part of that, to be part of that journey, to be part of this experience of humanity, not the fear-based consciousness, but to rise up into your true self, take some courage, move forward, take some action in line with your best interest and the best interest of everybody else around you. Do that, and you're going to be very encouraged with what happens in your
0: life. It is a blank canvas, and we are all fractals of the, of the divine. We get to create this. So why would we go along with something, anything less than than beauty and health and love and forgiveness? We're still human. We're still going to screw things up royally. It's just we're really good at that. But we can create something better than what we've had. And so I have just completed the longest interview I've ever done. Govinda, this really? is almost two hours. ago. Oh <laughs> Uh can't wait to have you on when you're ready to talk more about the Ministry yes, of we will. And um thank you so much for coming on and sharing your time and your talents and your love with humanity here on Freedom Junkie Radio. Thank you, Govinda. It's been,
1: it's been a pleasure. Bless you, everyone listening. Um, keep on keeping on. And we, we it's there's beautiful things on the horizon for those that are on the side of truth. So
0: the truth, the, the truth,
1: the truth.
0: All right, signing off, everybody. Ciao for now. Mm. Bless y'all. I live better than a king ever did. I live a-